Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Patia Kolobova, and we will be talking about Unapologetically Abundant. Patia is a woman's transformation coach who helps women who have been pushed down and been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma to create a life that is true to them and their sole purpose. Her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can finally do what they want to do, what feels good to them, serve other women in a powerful way online. For, for more information, you can visit Patia's website, which is patiakolobova.com, and that's P-E-T-I-A-K-O-L-I. B-O-V-A dot com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Patia to the show. Good day, Patia. Hello. Beautiful afternoon. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. And, and it's very fitting for for someone as beautiful as you are. So um, I'm, I'm really happy to have you here today um, to, to help our, our, our women listeners kind of um, – move into into abundance so um i want to start with um one of the things that that i noticed is is that you um your work seems to have had a um a start in childhood um challenges um childhood and, and youth time challenges um and so would you mind, because I think it's important that, you know, for someone who is helping women with trauma, you know, to recognize, you know, someone who has gone through trauma. So would you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about your, your story, your background, and, and how it is you got to, to the point right now of working with women with trauma? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking that question. And like you said, I truly believe that for us to be relatable, for us to be trusted, we get to know what we are talking about, right? So I think that it's important for us to share the story and not just show the highlights of where we are now after a decade, maybe, of work that we have done in our lives. And like you mentioned, I did go through childhood traumas like physical mental abuse, which led into eating disorder of 18 years. And when I was 18, I ran away from home and I attempted a suicide. So all of this really led me to think that I'm unlovable and unworthy. And I was always working really hard on everything I've been doing, whether it's school, whether it's relationship, whether it's people-pleasing, any projects that I would do, because I was always outsourcing my worthiness. I was always outsourcing my happiness up until the moment that I realized that 
it's making me feel even more empty, that it's making me feel even more disconnected from who I really am. So I love that you're asking, you know, about my past because past doesn't define us, but our past show us possibilities and our past really show us where we are going on our path because we can choose to be a victim and just stay there and start like keep counting the ways of we were hurt and closed off our heart or we can look at our past and really look how we can serve from that place from place of compassion and love and that's something that I have been able to create but it's because I when I connect with someone I can see them I can feel them I can really feel the possibilities for them and where they're coming from and I think it's important for people to know that no matter what they're going through, their lives, everything, everything in life is transitional, right? This too shall pass is Mm -hmm. something that I kept reminding myself very often. Yeah, boy, isn't that true? Yeah, I I actually just, I was just talking to someone the other day about that, you know, that that, uh, just to keep in mind, both good and, and challenging, um, are all temporary. I mean, eventually everything is going to pass. Even we're going to even pass from this body that we inhabit, you know, in this life existence we have. So, you know, everything, you know, people and situations come and go, and um, it's, it's important to keep that in mind. Um, so, can you? Um, and, and thank you for sharing, you know, about that, um, about your background on that, because I think, um, like you say when you say that you see and feel, you know, the women that you speak with, um, you're coming um, to that from, from experience. And, and, and I just think that, you know, you being an example of having come from that point to where you are now to helping women is, um, uh, is a sample of a journey that someone can take to, to show that it's possible. And I think it's important to show that it is possible, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what I needed on my journey to see that there is a possibility, there is a hope when I was going through the darkness and I didn't want to be here. If if there would be someone like 10, 20 years ago who would tell me just like, hey, keep going, it's going to be okay, everything will make sense down the road it would really alleviate me and liberate me a little bit more to, you know, speed up the journey. And there is like no need to rush through the journey because I truly (laughs) believe there is like no end, right? We don't have to speed it up. But I feel like through the darkness, if we are going through um, the challenging times, and I really want to acknowledge you, I love how you said it. It's good or the challenging times, right? It's not good or bad. It can feel challenging, but it's not just like black and white, good or bad. It's the meaning we really give it to. So I want to acknowledge you for saying it's challenging. That feels really good. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm the kind, too, that works very hard in trying not to, you know, define or to, to label something necessarily as good and bad because then it just it kind of throws, uh, you know, it just throws judgment into a situation that that mm-hmm. is really not necessary. Um, so mm-hmm. um, now, as a transformational coach, you you help women who have been 
pushed down or, or, or playing it small. You use the word playing it small due to, to unhealed trauma. So can you tell us a little bit about um, what that looks like, you know, the idea of pushed down and playing it small? What, 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 what would that look like for someone who's listening? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that question, and uh, the first answer that really came to my heart, it's not what would it look like, because what would it look like will be different for each and every one of us. For some, it can be staying mm-hmm. in relationship that you know deep in your heart it's not right for you, or staying in a job just because you're afraid there is nothing better than, than that, or saying yes to your friends even when you want to say no or to your family. So what would it look like can be different for each and every one of us, however, what would it feel like can be very similar and very bonding for many of us. And what would it feel like? It's waking up in the morning and knowing that there must be more in life, that you are not living a life that is really true to you because you are really afraid to step up, meaning you're afraid to show up in order not to be judged or not to be casted out or you know, what if you fail, all these things, all these limiting beliefs, that's when we are attempting to play small. That's why we are attempting to stay in a place and not be too bright, right? So I feel that the feeling would be similar for many of us. You wake up in the morning and you are not feeling excited for life and you go to the job or you are taking care of the house at home and you are feeling like, man, is this is this all that is, will I live like this for the rest of my life? And then many of us are numbing, whether it's shopping, whether it's eating, whether it's drinking, whether it's relationships that are really not serving us or just keeping ourselves so busy and thinking that we will get rewarded in the end by being busy. I think the feeling is what really bonds us, knowing that there is more in life and you cannot exactly pinpoint it. So um, that's what I feel it is about when we are playing it small and staying where we know we don't belong because we might look around and maybe feel unsupported by our environment or maybe we are supported with our environment, but we just have traumas that made us go into places and do things just so we are liked, just so we are loved. You know, when we are little babies, we need love. We need love for survivors. Babies who are not held and taken care of, they die. But when we are adulting, when we step into our adulthood, we are still displaying some of these needs from a childhood. What did we do to stay safe? What did we do to be loved? What did we do to be seen? And many of these things, we are still doing them, and they're not necessary to do them anymore. Yeah, and I, I, I like the way that you, you know, indicated that it looks different for, for people, but it's it's really the the essence of that feeling, you know, that um, of the limiting feeling. Um, when it comes to trauma, um, you know, and, and unhealed trauma, um, a, a lot of people, um, you know, push push trauma down, keep it inside, don't address trauma because it hurts, you know. So. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the idea of, I mean, because, again, some people would like to try to avoid it um, dealing with trauma. So can you talk about how do you um, 
work with women who may feel that um, they just don't want to address that trauma? Mm, That's a brilliant question, you know, because I was one of them. I'm like, this never happened. Let me put it under the rug, you know. And um, the thing is that if you realize it or not, it will keep creeping up whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your health, very often these unhealed traumas, the things that we're trying to push down, they will develop um, diseases when we are unwell, when we are physically unwell, and we are like, well, I'm not doing nothing wrong. What is happening? It's the things that we are trying to shut off. And I don't know if you ever experienced it, but, you know, when you see a little kid in a candy store and parents are not paying attention, the kids will shout louder and louder and louder. The (laughs) same will be Mm -hmm. happening with your traumas, right? You will either pay attention and you will feel in order to heal or it will get stronger and more intense and it will keep bringing you people who are matching energetically your traumas, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your life partners, whether it's how your family is seeing you and treating you because of the way you are feeling about yourself, even when it's buried very, very deep inside, it will keep showing up. So I feel that it's much better to sift through the pain, bring it up, and heal through it, feel to heal, right? And then it's going to be less and less versus having a wound that you're not tending and it's getting worse and worse and worse and you just put a clothes over it. Well, it's still there. It didn't heal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the words for the show can end up being feel to heal. <laughs> that's a that's a, mm-hmm. that's a it's a, well, you know, it, it it's a very simple um it's a simple thing to remember. And when when people when when trauma um the effects of trauma creep into our life, um it's I think it would be useful to kind of have that handy, you know, to to be able to just quickly get that mind shifted from, you know, the idea of rather than continuing to bury it down or let it, you know, even let it explode, you know, in an unhealthy way is to, to recognize that. So I think, you know, Field to Heal is a, it's a really good um, uh, mind note, you know, to keep, you know, to keep handy, you know, when, when those times occur, because they will occur. Yes, yes, they will. And, you know, I heard once um, a saying that pain, it's inevitable, but suffering is optional, you know, so there mm. will be pains that we'll be facing in our lives, but the suffering truly is optional. It's really up to you how you will respond to that pain, right? Can you feel it? Can you let it flow through you instead of just trying to push it somewhere else? Like I said, it will really come back to you. And I work with women from now I even work with youth. I have a client who is 14-year-old, and then I have a client who is 58-year-old. So there is a big spectrum of mm-hmm. women who are feeling unfulfilled in their lives and who are desiring more from their life. But it's not about having or doing more, it's for me in particular, it's really the opposite. It's about 
being more, embodying more of your essence and who you really are versus doing more. Because like I said, I used to be outsourcing my worthiness and always do, do, do and hard work. And I felt this sense of pride of achieving things. And that's beautiful, but it's not about, you know, what do we do, but why we are doing these things. When you're doing these things because you think like, oh, when I get this promotion, when I get this school done, when I get this relationship, when I get married, when I have babies, you're living in a when land. It's not Mm. reality. You will never be fulfilled or happy. That's the challenge. When you're living in a when land, you keep pushing it, right? Versus being truly present to who you really are and asking yourself, why do you want to do it? What is the essence of it? Let's say, for example, you want to have a bigger house. Why not, right? But if you're chasing for a bigger house because like, well, when I have a bigger house, I will be happy. You won't because the house, it's not a sign of the happiness. You get to ask yourself, why do I want a bigger house? Maybe it's so you feel safe. Maybe it's so you can um, host the workshops. Maybe it's to invite friends and family because you love the family time. So it's not about what you desire, but why do you desire it? And before you achieve that desire, ask yourself, what can I do right now in my life that would create the same or similar feeling? For example, if you want a bigger house because you like feeling spacious and you love feeling of safety, what can you do right now? What makes you feel safe? What makes you feel spacious? Maybe it's going to the nature. Maybe it's going to a different houses and seeing what inspires you, but not waiting when you get the house Because then you're rushing to the house, you're trying to skip the journey, right? And you get to Mm -hmm. the house and you're like, well, is this it? I thought this would like be bigger and grander and make me feel better. (laughs) And it doesn't because you're skipping the steps. So like I mentioned, it's, it's truly about knowing yourself and why you're desiring the things and why you're doing the things you're doing. Yeah, that, that's real important, you know. And and you know, I, I have known many a, a person who has you know lived that when this happens, that you know that kind of life, and um, and it never has um, worked out. I mean, at least in the things I've seen. Again, because it goes back to what you were saying that what's important is the feeling, the, the reason behind the desire. You know, what is the, the feeling that you want to experience that's behind the desire for a, a house or whatever, a uh, bigger house? So, um, yeah, and, and that's real important. Now, um, it was interesting you mentioned just a second ago about nature. And, and I, I, I'm a, a nature photographer. So whenever I come across someone who is the love of nature like you do, um, I like to um, bring that up. <laughs> Excuse me. Um one of the things that, um, as I was reading from your website, um, that you know, when um, when you uh, when you're not you know um, interviewing people on your podcast, that that you you know people can find you working out, reading, or or in nature, disconnecting from the world and connecting to yourself. Um, so and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you know in today's world. Um, women are having an exceptionally challenging time of 
of that um, of disconnecting. You know, I mean, because of the so many roles that that a woman can play, that um, it can be difficult to disconnect. So, what I'd like for you, if you wouldn't mind sharing, is talking about you know disconnecting from you know the the world, you know, in today's environment, and then the idea of connecting to yourself. So, can you share a little bit about your view of that? Absolutely, and I love that you're asking that because especially nowadays when we get to do more things online, right, like kids are online, work is online, now everything has to be online with what's happening in the world. So I feel that now more than ever, it's really very important for your mental, physical, and, you know, spiritual health to truly disconnect from the world and reconnect to yourself because it's so easy wake up, grab your phone, go to your computer, listening to the news, like getting yourself into such a reactive state that you really lose the sense with who you really are. And I absolutely love, love, love that you're a nature photographer. I used to grab my camera and go here to, I live in Las Vegas, so go to the mountains and take pictures of the rivers and creeks, like the small ones that we have here. And it's so soothing because you can lose yourself in that and there is no sense of time and it's just the present and this present moment and it's so enlivening excuse me it's so beautiful when we can really connect with the nature and this present moment so I made it non-negotiable for myself every Saturday it's a no technology day nothing at all no Mm. phone no nothing Um, because I find it very important to have space for me, and it feels so good. It feels almost rebellious, you know. My clients, (laughs) they know it. I told them on Saturday, Petia, it's out. I told them, I love you, girls, and if there is an emergency on Saturday, call 911. Don't text Petia, okay? I am out. I'm out in nature. Hopefully, I'm close to the water. I love water. It makes me feel very grounded. So in order for me to be the best version of me and serve the world and help everyone around me, I get to be able to invest a time with myself. How do you want me to serve and feel good and create a good in the world if I'm feeling rushed, if I'm feeling that I always have to be responding to the world? It's not possible. It's not. And we are so rushed by society. Like every, They call it like this microwave uh, a mindset, right, mentality. Like everything is within seconds and minutes. Like your internet mm-hmm. is not working fast and we're upset and your computer needs to reset uh-huh. and you're upset. Oh, my goodness. We were just traveling with my fiancé from Mexico last week. We were hosting retreat there and we we're traveling back to the United States. And the lines were a little bit longer because, you know, COVID and the paperwork that you have to fill out and declarations and all these things. And everyone in the line was complaining, this is ridiculous, this is BS, why we have to do this. 
And we were looking around with my fiance because he's a coach too. And we're looking around and smiling. I'm like, isn't it amazing that we are afraid to travel? Isn't it amazing that they're doing their best to allow us to be in a different part of the world? So I think it's very important to always connect with yourself, having these pockets of time. And even if you cannot take a complete day off, you can take a couple hours. Even if you're a parent, like you can ask for help, you can ask for support, but it's really important for you to create a spaces of time that it's just you with you. I love sitting in a shower or I love meditating. I love being in the nature. I love going for a walk. All these things don't involve other people beings, other human beings. They don't involve technology. It's me with me. And those are the times that I'm feeling connected and I'm coming back home to myself. I have the best inspired ideas and I'm able to serve instead of being feeling like a slave. Yeah. Well, um, I, I used to live in Las Vegas too. So, I mean, I love wow. Mount Charleston. I love Mount Charleston driving yes. up there and, you know, in the winter and Red Rock. Red Rock was one of my yes. favorite places. There was I live like 10 minutes the, from Red Rock. Oh, do you? Oh my gosh! Well, there yeah, was I, there was so one beautiful. of there was one of the one of the turnoffs on that on the road. It was like halfway through that I remember walking, and I you know found this little like um, not a cave, but a little like indentation within the rock that was perfect for sitting. I mean, it was like I would go there and sit there and just like be with the rock. I mean, it was just, uh, um, it was, to me, it was just an amazing sense of, you know, really reconnecting with the, with the earth. Um, so I understand that. Uh, now, I like the fact that you, you know, make a commitment to a non-technology day, you know, Saturday, um, because um, I think um, it's easy to let, let it slide, unless you make that commitment. And, you know, and in your case, you, you let everybody know, you know, Saturday is a no, no technology day and there is those three numbers, 911, in case there's an emergency. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, um, I, I think um, sometimes people are um, a little reticent, you know, to, you know, to make a commitment like that. And, 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 um, and also to let other people know, you know, because especially for women sometimes, especially if you're a mother and you have you have kids, you know, you want you want to be available when 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 there is a need, um, and yet um, there is that that sense of if if you don't allow yourself that time, um, you do lose yourself um, sense of self, and um, and I think. One of the things you said, which is really most important, is to be your best. You need that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's truly about the being, you know. It's really about being. And also what I'm hearing, you know, when you say that some people are just really, like, resistant to um, having the time for themselves, what I'm hearing is unhealthy boundaries and a sense of unworthiness, right? Because, for example, for me, my morning routine, it's non-negotiable. It can be 15 minutes. It can be two hours. I'm so thankful that, 
you know, I do my own schedule, and unless I have international client on a call scheduled, I usually don't work before 10 or 11 a.m., and it doesn't mean that I'm sleeping till like 9.30. <laughs> I wake up, you know, with a sunrise, 6 o'clock. If I am wildly sleeping in, it's 7 a.m., and I'm like, wow, you know, um, so it's not about that, but it's about me feeling spacious and pouring first into me. And I check in with myself. Do I want to be journaling today? Do I want to be working out? Do I want to go for a walk with the doggy? Um, do I want to be just reading a book? Like what will really make me feel good this morning? Again, checking in. And I do create a healthy boundaries. And listen, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I need a help. Sometimes I want to finish early today. I had a long day and I'm like, oh, I want to finish like earlier. And I, if I, for example, want to watch a movie or read a book, I know that automatically and, you know, it's just like uh, what we are trained to grab my phone and just check if I don't have an email or I don't have any messages. So I take my phone and I take it to my fiance. I'm like, I want to rest. Can you take away my phone? So I know myself, you know, and sometimes it's just like, hey, let's be real. It's like, for example, if you love donuts, you're not going to go to the store and buy every day 12 donuts. If you want to go and indulge and enjoy it, you will go and, you know, buy a couple or eat a couple, but you're not going to have it in front of your face every single day. I don't know about your will. My will is strong, but not to say no to, to donuts if they're in my face. So I'm not going to do that, you know? So right. it's it's like building a healthy boundaries with yourself, with others, and it really comes back to respecting yourself. You are teaching others how to treat you by the way you're treating yourself. So if I'm always available, imagine, oh, my goodness, I have clients all around the world. I have a client in Singapore, in Europe, in, you know, um, here in the United States, East Coast, West Coast, time zones are really fun, you know, especially when I'm traveling, trying to figure it out where I really am and where my clients are. But sometimes it's so easy to grab a phone and like, oh, my client is in Singapore. She's just waking up and I have 9 p.m. to want it to answer. But then I could be available 24-7 and I am not giving myself the rest. I'm not giving myself the space. So we get to really have that commitment first to ourselves and then to others. When you commit and declare to yourself that you will love on you and pour into you, then you have much more clarity, much more energy to put into others. Yeah, you know, and I, I think the, um, first of all, the idea of making sure you have healthy boundaries, you know, um, you know, it, it's, um, I think sometimes people view boundaries as, as just being a negative. I mean, it's just like you're, a boundary is, is a distinction between like, uh, it's a cutoff point. It's, it's a, you know, this is, you know, don't go beyond here kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, the, and, and some people, I believe, uh, from what I've seen, um, react to that as a, I'm keeping you out versus I'm keeping myself, keeping myself defined, you know? Um, so, uh, so uh, for, I think for some people who have difficulty with establishing boundaries um, and the idea of 
um, putting myself first. You know, some people, I think we're, some people are socialized, you know, especially, I think, women. I mean, it, it, when I look at, you know, different cultures, um, it, it's women are socialized to putting others first rather than themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so, um, how does is it is it a um, a measure of worth or or, or is it a measure of self worth um, versus um, uh, uh, all important? What I'm trying to struggle with is that I think women were were have been socialized to again putting others first, where. And the idea of putting self first seems selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. And that's what I feel. You know, I was raised the same way to nurture and serve everybody else. And then if I have any leftover energy, I can maybe just check on myself just if I'm still alive, right? So I can keep serving. Uh, but I truly believe that, you know, and I know that probably your listeners and you heard that many of times, but when you go into the plane, what is the first thing that they tell you? You get to put the oxygen mask on yourself first because if you faint, if you pass out, you cannot help anyone. Put the oxygen mask first on yourself. It's not selfish. It's necessary. The same goes with the healthy boundaries. For example, let's say you're on a highway and then they put these dividers there on the side so you don't, like, uh, you know, like go with your car outside of the road. You don't think that that's excessive. You're like, okay, this is supposed to keep me safe. The same goes with the boundaries. It's meant to keep you safe. And when you said that some people maybe might be offended or not happy about you having your own boundaries, those are not your people, Mm -hmm. and they're just reflecting their own insecurities on you. Because my people, my clients, my fiancé, my family, they want me to be happy. They want me to be fulfilled. They know that when I'm feeling better, I can do better for them and support them better. So you get to remember that sometimes when people reflect their own insecurities on you, because when you start changing and growing and maybe saying no to the things that are not anymore a yes for you, um, some people will start to rebel. Your family are like, oh, you're changing. Now you're arrogant. Now you are like selfish, whatever. Mm -hmm. Your best friend would never tell you that. Your best friend would say, go for it. You need a rest. I love you, right? So you got to be your best friend and the best cheerleader first because you got to realize, you got to remember you are the person who is going to stay with you for the rest of your life. You're the only person who will be there until the last breath and willing that you are surrounded by family, friends holding your hand and you're living in peace. But the truth of the truth is that you are the one who is going to be there with you until the last breath. You get to remember yeah. it. Take care of you. Take care of your well-being. And if there are more people loving on you and cheering on you, amazing. That's a reflection of how you treat yourself and how you live your life. That is beautiful. But first, you get to tend to yourself. Yeah, very important. And now, I, um, we're going to take a break in a, a few minutes, in a short 90-second break. So I do want to invite listeners, if you want to call in and ask Petya any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. 
and those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, you know, uh, one of the idea of um, that self-care really was driven home for me when um, I, I did a, a book uh, called uh, The Heart and Soul of Caring, and I used um, stories from some of my listeners or people that I knew who are caregivers, and, and um, you know they they did um, a story about the person to whom they were giving care. One of them um, was a woman who was very much um, aware of you know of nutrition and mental health. Um, and she lived in Costa Rica with her husband. Well, anyway, her husband. Um, became ill and was wheelchair bound. And so anyway, she ended up being, you know, her caregiving really kind of, you know, increased significantly. And and I remember in her story, she told me that um, her biggest fear was not being around to be able to help her husband, you know, to, you know, because, I mean, he was really dependent on her and they were away from other family and that kind of thing. And and she did so many things, you know, to um, to make sure she, you know, had her her time and and uh, her nutrition. And um, uh, from the time that she gave me her story, and it was about maybe a year later to the time I published it, she passed on uh, before her husband. And I thought, wow, wow, you know, this was this was an example. I mean, to, and it, when I when I, get, when I got to the point of publishing, I had to contact her and found that out. I was just so saddened, you know, because here was someone who recognized the importance of self-care, um, took some steps for self-care, um, but in the end, her fear, what she feared most happened, you know, and so it's... Um, you know, not to throw that, you know, that kind of out to the, the women out there that that's going to happen, but the, the fears are going to happen. But the idea is is just um, that uh, just stressing that importance of self care and, and recognizing that if if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be around to be able to help anyone else. Exactly, like you said, and yeah, it's a, it's a sad story, right? But it's exactly like displaying these fear out there, right? Like, what do we fear most mm -hmm. of? I feel like, what do we give? What do we have like the strongest feeling about? We bring about, you know. So, um, it's it's really important to visualize and really focus on the things that you do desire instead of what you don't desire when the things that come up that you don't want okay great now you have the contrast now you know what you don't want and you can now focus on the things that you truly do desire and when i was in europe now i was taking care of my grandma i went to europe for six weeks and the fourth week when i'm with my grandma and i was you know like cooking for her cleaning everything taking care of her um she had a stroke and it was unexpected and it was shocking, oh, wow. right? So she went to the hospital. She had another stroke a week ago when I'm not there anymore. Uh, and it's just shocking for me. But even when I was there with her, I was there with her. Like I put everything on the side. I did some business, of course, but thankfully, like mm -hmm. I'm working just a couple days a week. But every morning when I woke up before I went to tend to her, even if it was just few breaths, even if it was five minutes meditation, three minutes meditation, I did something for me because the days I didn't and days I'm like, oh, I got to be there for her. 
those days I was frustrated. I was resentful. I was tired. I love my grandma to life. She's my baby girl. I would do anything for her. And I could mm-hmm. feel the difference. When I went and served first to others versus first ten to me. Right. Yeah, very important. Okay, well, we're going to take a, that quick break, uh, Petya, and we'll be right back, okay? Sounds great. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and tune in. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Petia Kolobova, and we're talking about Unapologetically Abundant, which actually we're going to get to shortly. But if you want to find out more about what she has to offer, uh, visit her website, which is Petia Kolobova.com, and that's P-E-T-I-A-K-O-L-I-B-O-V-A.com. Okay, Petya, we're back. So excited to be back. It was so good. And more to come. <laughs> exactly. So you, your website, you have a wonderful website that lists your services and such, but also you have a blog there. And um, I went through and read several of your recent blog posts. And um, I want to um, talk about one in particular um, next, which is that the post was entitled, Are You Just Winging It in Life? or are you living intentionally? Um, can you maybe share with us just the, the, you know, the highlights of that and why you devoted the post to it? What, what, what's important about that topic? You know, I, I truly believe that very often we can just go through the life and just go through the motions and not being intentional. And what intention means to me is, having the vision for what your life could look like and feel like versus um, just living a life based on other people, right? Because when we're growing up, 
we're being told you should do this, you shouldn't do that, and we're living on um, the shit basis versus being really intentional and starting your day with the intention. Because one thing that I see on the other spectrum, it's like having a never-ending to-do list right? And we are feeling overwhelmed and we are feeling empty in the end of the day and really tired. And when we are living intentionally, we create a space and time to check in really with ourselves and ask yourself, what do I truly want? How do I really want to feel? And then from that place of knowing how you want to feel, do the things. So you are living a life that is true to you and aligned with you and your gift versus just going through the life and see what will happen and see what won't. And then we are very often just reacting to the world around us versus living with intention and being true to who we really are. Because when we come here, and I know many people are struggling with the question, why am I here? What's my purpose? Right? And what I realized throughout my journey is that our purpose is to be us. As simple as it can be, when you realize that you are perfectly made for your purpose, there is no one like you, and there are people who can only listen and hear and connect to you, it will be your responsibility to really show up for that. So then you are stepping into your purpose by being true to who you really are versus just going through the life, going through the motions, doing the things that you think you should be doing versus doing the things that really light you up and make you feel alive. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's important. And I, you're right, so many people go through life just um, – responding, you know, to, to events. Um, and, you know, I think, first of all, it's important to recognize what it is that you, what lights you up, you know, I mean, before you can um, act intentionally, you have to have that intention. You have to, you have to have in mind what it is you want, what you see for yourself. Um, and then be proactive rather than reactive. Um, exactly. And it seems to me that that would be empowering for some for some people who don't feel that they have power. I would think that would be a good way to um, to demonstrate maybe the, their internal power. Absolutely, absolutely. Because just think about it, like how beautiful it is when you're in a place and somebody who is really living their purpose and feeling lit up by life walks into that room. It feels amazing for everybody in that room versus somebody who walks in and just feels scattered or scared. You know, you can feel other people's feelings, right? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. People can feel your energy. So when you're lit up, you lit up the world. It's a beautiful butterfly effect, and it works. So really ask yourself, what lights you up? What brings you joy? And you really get to look for yourself. Um, one of my clients, she is an incredible stylist. She loves styling clothes. She loves shopping. It really lights her up. And she used to feel so guilty and ashamed because her family would tell her that she has to be saving money. She's wasting money on clothes. Why is she doing that? But that's her gift. 
it lights her up. You should see her face when she's doing it. So again, it's not what is she doing, but why is she doing it? It brings her joy. It brings her presence. It's, it's just she's like a walking sunshine. So check in with yourself before you will start listening to the feedback outside of you. Yeah, that that is just so important, and I think you know so many times we get um, we allow um, ourselves to be guided by others rather than our internal guidance. Um, mm. So you have a podcast called Unapologetically Abundant. <laughs> so tell us about about this show and why the title. Mm, thank you so much for asking. I loved it because the truth is three years ago when I launched my podcast, it was called differently. It was called Be Strong Minded. And those were the three parts that we all would love to master, right? Being, our presence, our spirit, uh, strong, our body, our physicality, and then the minded, the mindset, right? So Be Strong Minded was a podcast that was really focusing on blending these three things together. One year into my journey almost, I realized that the more and more I was being unapologetically about who I really am, I created my core values. I created, you know, the list of the things that I do stand for, and I started to live by them. Then the abundance starts coming in. I was able to, I let go of my, you know, old relationship. I let go of my first business that was social media marketing agency. I was able to attract the love of my life. I attracted soulmate clients. And instead of hustling and working hard seven days a week, I am now working for three days a week, and I was able to create a nine-month, six-figure business that is fulfilling, and I love it. So I realized on my journey that the more unapologetic I was, I was more of me, I was able to attract people and opportunities and unexpected money and troubles. And it was amazing, the synchronicities that started to happen in my life. And I realized that really the common denominator was me being unapologetic. So that's when I changed the name of my show, Unapologetically <laughs> Abundant, because when you become you, you're allowing universe, God, source, whatever you believe in, to bring everything that it's meant for you. So now this show, it's really um, showing people how to live a life that is true to them, having the tools, having uh, and listening to the inspirational stories of how people created a life that is really true to them and how it brought in a fulfillment versus just hustling and working hard. Yeah, important. Now, um, and, and one of the other blog posts you had was how to shift your mindset into abundance. Um, uh, do you feel, um, you know, the, the idea of scarcity, you know, being um, uh, raised or, or um, socialized to look at the world as kind of a zero sum that, that you know, if, if if uh, there's only so much to go around, can you talk a little bit about the uh, uh, your view of abundance and you know what would an abundant mindset 
look like? I don't look, look like. What would, what would it feel like? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I, I do believe that we are conditioned to feel that there is not enough to go around. Like just, you know, turn on the TV and you will get a million of evidence. I don't have TV for like nine years almost now. I don't. And it's not because I'm ignoring the world, but because I'm very selective of what I let in my world. Right? So we are conditioned to believe that there is not enough time and there is not enough resources and there is, you know, that we are not enough. Just think about it, especially women. Like, all of the things like the makeup, the plastic surgeries, the clothes, like all is to us believe that we are not enough just the way you are. I'm a firm believer in growth and evolution and bettering yourself, but not because you're not good enough, but because it's fun to grow, because it's fun to evolve, because it's fun to change, right? So from the societal perspective, you're absolutely right. We are Um, shown that we are not enough and there is not enough to go by which is not true like when you look at it like all of the resources in the world there would be enough for all of us to go around abundantly and it leads me into what really abundance mindset is because abundance for each and every one of us can be something different but when you know after a decade of doing the work that I'm doing I really realized that abundance is freedom It's freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, with whoever you really want. That's the real abundance and richness of life, being able to freely express yourself, being abundantly paid to be you. That's what really abundance is. So it's important to shift into that mindset of starting to noticing and appreciating what is. No matter how big, no matter how small, you get to start being present to what is and seeing what is good about it. What I used to do very often at the beginning of my journey was writing down the positive aspects of the things that I would like to improve. Let's say, for example, I was in a soul-sucking corporate job and I just knew that this Mm -hmm. can be it. But I started to write down the positive aspects about it. Because if not, wherever you go, you take yourself with you. If you feel that your job sucks, that your relationship sucks, you will take it to the next job. You will take it to the next relationship. (laughs) Start changing how you feel about the things and the things will change. Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he said it before. When we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. And this quote literally turned my life around. I started to repeat it to myself every single day when I was still in a corporate job. So this is what really abundant mindset is, looking for opportunities where you can see normally obstacles, looking for the richness and prosperity and abundance in places that you can think that there is not enough. You know, like really starting to honoring what is so you can have even more of that because you cannot get poor enough to help poor people. I truly believe that good people get to create unlimited abundance so we can support the things and people and causes that we believe in. I agree. I agree very much. Um, Wow. Um, Gosh, we're almost down to the end of the show already. It's really kind of gone by um, quickly. (laughs) Uh, uh, one of the things um, that um, well, let me let me just ask you: Is there uh, do you have any kind of you know final words or anything in particular 
that you feel that women listening, you know, that might help them? Hmm. You know, one thing that really helped me, helped me on my journey was to repeat to myself the mantra, you are perfectly made for your purpose. The moment that you realize that the way you are, the way you feel, the way you speak, even with your accents and everything, um, <laughs> you are perfectly made for the things that you are meant to do here. It gives you freedom. It gives you liberty. It frees you from pretending and wearing the mask. Just drop, drop those masks. You didn't come here to please everybody and wear yourself down. You came here to feel abundant and prosperous and free and the more you will do that the more you will allow other people around you to do that so remember you're perfectly made for your purpose i love that now um, i noticed on your website um at at the bottom of your website that uh, you have a facebook group um can you for people who use facebook can you tell us about about that group Absolutely, and I love how you like did your homework and pay attention to every single detail. <laughs> I really appreciate you for that. That's beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I do have a free Facebook group because not everybody is, you know, ready and in a place to uh, work with me one on one or attend my retreats that I'm hosting. And a Facebook group is such a beautiful place to start it. It's called Unapologetically Abundant Women, and it's really safe and beautiful community for women who know they're meant for more and who really wants to be helping others but from place of love and abundance and knowingness and I do trainings there I have guest expert speakers and it's a really beautiful safe space for inspiration motivation and getting the tips and steps on how to keep on rising and going yeah, that's perfect. And and um, also, you're on Instagram. I've already started following you, so people who use Instagram oh, can, <laughs> can follow you there. And then and YouTube. You have a YouTube channel, so people can um, yeah. follow there. So I just wanted to let people know who use various social platforms. Um, if it's not Saturday, <laughs> they can, uh, go ahead. Yes, please. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, also, you know, I just want to let people know that at your website, uh, they can find out more about your, your life coaching. Um, the podcast is your podcast is very easy to listen to. You just go to that page and just click on, on the start button and it starts right up um, and the blog. So you've really got a lot of wonderful resources that people can can explore there. So I, I want to thank you for your time. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. I loved every minute, every second of it. I love your energy. I love the questions. And thank you so much for the work you're really putting out there. It's so needed and so well appreciated. Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. Um, Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Patia Kolobova. We have been talking about Unapology Abundant and amongst other things. Uh, So feel free to, again, check out her website, which is Patia uh, Kolobova.com and it's P-E-T-I-A-K-O-L-I-B-O-V-A.com and uh, check out all of the, the resources that she has there. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show and until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. 
to follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.